Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Boston Roots. I'm your man Roots here with Boston. This week, we are joined by Marty O'Connell, a good friend of ours here on Boston Roots on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice here to Paul Blue Demons. Marty, how are you? Thanks for coming on this week. Pleasure to have you. Thank you guys for having me. Very, very excited. Very excited to be here. Yeah, we, we look, we are joined by um, some, some really, really amazing company, Radio DePaul Hall of Famer. Former GM yeah. Marty O'Connell. Um, this really, this is a celebrity here in the virtual room right now. Well, I'm and honored. Just here to talk baseball because that's what we do, and baseball's back, which is just amazing. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a good feeling to just be able to, you know, at any point in the day, just check my phone, throw on a random game, watch the Mets do very subpar offense. It's just it feels like things are getting back to normal, you know. Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, it, it still fear, feels kind of weird mm-hmm. uh, that, like, we still have, like, you know, we're still s- smack dab in the middle of all this. Yeah. But um, at, at least we had something to, like, keep our minds off it. I, I will say it felt amazing the whole day to be um, looking at that ESPN fantasy app every, like, three seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a completely, it's a foreign thing to me. I haven't done that since, uh, what, for more than, for almost a year now. So that feels good. It feels good to be checking fantasy. I was talking to um, um, uh, Jay Cantu, another Radio Paul sports guy, uh, because I have have the Texas pitcher today, Lance Lynn. I have him on my squad, and he's he's dealing today. So uh, we have this back and forth going on about Lance Lynn. And, yeah, it just – I was watching a little bit of that Raptors Houston uh, NBA scrimmage game too. Low stakes, but you know, just fun to watch it again. Fun to yeah, see something exactly. recent. I, I, I mean, like every time I turn on the TV before, like two weeks ago, it would be like 2003 All Star game, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, man, it, it's fun, but like I need something that has stakes. Yeah, totally. It was it was, it was good when the you know, when things first shut down and that was, you know, we just lost sports, but it's like, here are all these all old, great games. And it's like, well, this is fun to, you know, rewatch, but now it's been, you know, what, three months since five sports. I think I watched the end of the 2016 world series, at least four or five times on live TV, which never gets old, but also, you know, at a certain point it kind of does, you want something new. So it's nice to, yeah, it's not, it's just nice to have something back, something to enjoy. Yeah, and, and, you know, Marty, you and me both Cubs fans, so I'm going to let Rudy first talk for a bit because um, if I start going with the Cubs, I feel like we're going to box Rudy out of this. <laughs> so, Rudy, your Dodgers getting their first win yesterday, the big deal for bets. Everything's looking up for y'all right now. I know, which is probably driving you insane, knowing how much you hate us. Um <laughs> But uh, it was really enjoyable. It was really nice to see. Um, you know, I, it's been such a weird last couple of days with everything going on. And then, you know, I was one of the people that really, really thought Mookie was only going to play 60 games and then test free agency. I was pretty, you know, I, I was pretty sold on that. So I woke up to 12 years, 360 million, and I said, <laughs> you know what? You guys, you guys find the money to pay him. As long as we get a World Series out of it, it's a good deal to me. So, 
Um, it was cool, but I think the highlight wasn't the game. It wasn't the deal. To me, it was a moment, and it was Mookie on his on his knee during the national anthem, and then Max Muncie and Cody Bellinger with their hands on him. You know, and that picture I think is going to be, you know, it might be too hard to say. Maybe it's the LA and me, but I feel like in a couple years from now, we're going to look at that picture like how we see that Rick Monday picture of him saving the American flag or how we see Jackie's first steal. It's just, it was just a moment in time that I feel like it went under the radar, but we're going to look back at it and we're going to be like, damn, that was a moment, uh, not only in sports, but um, in the world. So, uh, and, and the Dodgers beat the Giants, which is always a plus. So mm-hmm. a good day to be an LA fan for sure. I mean, absolutely. And you got to see, you got to see LeBron and AD play for the first time since. For a half. <laughs> for, in like four months. Yeah, for a half. But I mean, hey, they, they look good too. They look good too. They lost, but I mean, I the caught, starters barely played half the game. I caught way too much crap for a scrimmage game loss uh, <clears throat> that I should have, um, which is incredible. I Wait, mean. Who else gave you crap besides me? I have some friends out here that are Clippers fans. I have a brother. I have my stepbrother who's a Clippers fan. And then I have a buddy that actually lives in Dallas that is uh, slowly been evolving into a Mavericks fan. So he kind of uh, – we went to high school together, and he actually goes to uh, A&M. Uh, but he has family in Dallas. So he was giving me a hard, hard time. And I was like, man, <laughs> we only played LeBron and AD for minutes for, for, for pennies and – you guys are giving me a hard time, but um, hopefully it's the only time that they can give me a hard time uh, throughout the next couple of weeks. So, yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, I can't say I hope that, but how, however you feel about it, man, however you feel about it. I mean, you heard what Charles Barkley said. You know, if, if Portland finds a way to get into the eighth seed, you know you don't want to play against Dame and, and, and CJ. No emotion from Rudy right now. I think he he muted me or or, or what? <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> what can I say, boss? I I can't argue with you. It's like it's like arguing with a brick wall. If I say that the Lakers are going to sweep Portland, um, but like I mean, you can't you can't discredit uh, Dame in the playoffs, and uh, you can't really you know let that go unnoticed. But the the Blazers are a little depleted. We talked about this and. Uh, then again, so are the Lakers without without the the services of Avery Bradley. So, um, you know, no one's going to be perfect. No one no one has everyone in the bubble. You know what I mean? Everyone's kind of taking a hit. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see how everything works out. But one thing that I was really happy with was um, LeBron's athleticism is still there. AD shot is still there. We're letting the younger guys play, sure. But I really liked what I saw out of Deion Waiters, and I really liked what I saw out of J.R. Smith as far as ball movement and defense. So. Um, you know, I'm not expecting J.R. Smith to be the number two guy like he was for the Cavs that year that they didn't have Kyrie. Uh, mm-hmm. Granted, they got killed. But, um, you know, if he can give us little stuff like that and chip away and, and, and be a plus for the team, then why not? And, and we're also getting Markeith Morris back, which uh, I, I would only hope could, uh, even if he makes us 1% better, that's 1% closer to the Clippers that we are. So, um, yeah. I, I will say LeBron's beard – Looks good, it's, dude. It's 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 scaring me though. There's there's a lot of gray on the side. He looks like uh, he looks like that one dad that would play against all the kids at the ballpark or at the at the at the park and just no mercy, 
just like I'll give you some old school basketball right now. Like he's just I, killing it in the rec league. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh yeah, I blew out my knee. That's why I couldn't go to the league. He looks like that bad. <laughs> so Oh yeah. He's got like twenty years and twenty points <laughs> on everyone else on the court. It's it's perfect. So Dad Braun is here. I think, I think <laughs> There was villain Braun, there was baby Braun, and now we're seeing dad Braun. It's a phase of his life that I can get behind. But let's be real, he's still villain Braun. <laughs> to you, to me, he's god Braun right now. <laughs> only to you, only to you. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe to the other million or so people here in Los Angeles, but um, I know not everyone shares my love for LeBron. Maybe Gina, maybe Matt, shout out to them, but... Um, yeah, it's been it's been a fun last couple of days with sports being back. So we'll tie it all back together. We'll get Marty involved. So I'll let you guys kind of talk about the Cubs, and I'll chime in because uh, Anthony Rizzo's little hand sanitizer moment is probably the moment of the season already. So. <laughs> oh, that dude, that was beautiful. That was oh, yeah. beautiful. Perfect way to start things off. I mean, shout out to the camera guy and the yeah. production crew for getting that live rather Definitely. than getting it afterwards. Like, yeah, that's like, a nice touch. They're, that they're, was that was working good. Really nice. Yeah, I liked yeah. it. I like it, man. I mean, people are. I guess they're trying to stay socially distant. Uh, I'm. What is concerning though is, is the whole Juan Soto thing. Yeah. And yeah. and then the Yikes. Braves thing today, where they're two, their first and second catcher. Yeah. But before game time, you're figuring out that they've had COVID symptoms, or like mm-hmm. in the morning or the night before, and it's like, oh man, like. You know, have they been in contact with the other players? Um, they've tested negative, but then there's the whole thing with, like, how accurate is testing and whatnot. So, yeah. like, what's what's going on there? And that that's really scary because that's, like, you know, one person on the team gets it. They pass it to three other people. The person who had it first goes into quarantine, but then the three other people play. Then you spread it to the guy who's on first base when you hit a single. The guy who's yeah. on second base when you advance. And it's like, oh, God, that's just – it's scary to think about it that way, but I'm just hoping mm-hmm. that takes a break till like November, December when everything's done. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so we can actually get a full season because uh, assuming first, everything's done. This, this yeah. first Cubs game went really well. <laughs> I'd, I'd yeah. like to see them play for more than like two weeks before it falls apart. Yeah. The more I can watch the better for all <laughs> sports, you know, I, I, the, realist and maybe pessimist in me thinks none of these seasons are going to last very long, but I'm just going to watch as long as I can and enjoy it as much as I can in the meantime. You know, even if I, even if during a normal year, you know, I maybe wouldn't be watching the Cubs as much. I I will try and watch more games and even just all the other teams too. Like I might not really care about who wins this, you know, Rays Orioles game, but I'll sit down and watch and be all into it while I still can. Uh, absolutely absolutely I mean, and and like specifically on today's cubs game how do you feel seeing the professor complete game what did they say who was the last one to do it from chicago i know they uh, said the name i forgot bill bonham it was 1974 was the year i don't remember the name now exactly but yeah that's that's a long time ago so that's that's very impressive um i mean what he probably topped out at like 100 203 pitches so that's inc- just crazy to think about. That yeah. was incredible. I, I was wondering what his pitch – because he, he – I mean, he was flying through 103 pitches. 103, okay, yeah. Yeah, he was crazy. Like, I think when Ross went out in the ninth, he maybe 
was just a few under 100. I mean, I think he got through either the sixth or the seventh inning in only five pitches, which is just wow. nuts to even consider. It's almost unnatural. It's kind of It was kind of funny watching him because this is a tangent, but right now, during all you know, all my free time, I've been playing MLB The Show a bunch, and it's 2017, so it's a bit of an outdated version. But you know, it's right after the Cubs won the World Series, so they're still pretty good. And I've got a season going, and I'm about two months in, and I don't know what it is, but Hendricks is just not—he is struggling in my season. I think he's still—he's got an ERA in like the 500s, and I don't know what is his problem. But then, so like, spend these past few weeks just being mad at the virtual version of him. And then see him go out tonight and just be almost perfect it was very fun to watch. Like, oh yeah, you're actually very good. It's just this fake version of you that keeps getting me frustrated. <laughs> I mean, the only guy who who had any success against him today was Arcia. Yeah, that's funny Three that minutes. it was just him. <laughs> and and all by arguably the worst hitter in the Milwaukee lineup. Yeah, I mean he was batting ninth for a reason but he pulled through today it seems like he's been notoriously underrated and undervalued especially when it comes to uh, opening day starters I mean all the Mm -hmm. focus was on Scherzer on Garrett Cole on Kershaw and Kershaw getting hurt and then the focus just you know shifted to the excellence that was Hendricks today and, and rightly so and I've said it so many times to different Cubs fans is I, I understand that you Darvish is probably going to be your ace, you know, throughout the stretch of the season. But the fact that you have that one, two punch of Hendricks and Darvish, it's very scary, especially if the both of them in, in a, such a condensed season can play. Not, I'm not going to say at their potential, but at their expectations, mm-hmm. then, you know, the, you know, John Lester's your number four, isn't he? Uh, yeah. 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 Once, so once that's a pretty good four. Guy. So, I mean, it seems like the pitching is not going to be the problem. At least not the starting pitching for the Cubs. It's probably going to be the consistency of the bats and the the big question mark that is Chris Bryant. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think he's a huge question mark, so to to speak, but you know what I mean. Sometimes he has his dry spell, same with Javi Baez. But um, I don't think the mound is going to be much of an issue this season. I mean, you guys won, what, 3-0? I didn't watch the game, but. Yeah, Yeah, 3-0. And you know what's. What what's really amazing about Hendricks and you say so underrated. I mean, what he's sixth amongst active players in ERA right yep. now. So it's like he's just been steady, steady, steady. And uh, they were showing a lot of the the home road splits from last year. The Cubs last year. I mean, they they would fall apart on the road. They were such a, they were such a pathetic team on the road. But then when you come at home, they look like a 2016, 2017 Cubs team again. And and Hendricks, it was like a 2.02 at home and then like a five something on the road. Yeah. Like, it, man, I don't know. I don't know difference. how that happens to a team. I kind of wish this was a nationally broadcasted game because I feel like, you know, ESP yeah. kind of could have really used a performance like that for, you know, as opposed was it, to. Was it not on ESPN? It actually was. Yeah. Was but actually. Yeah. Was, but, I mean, uh, blacked out yeah. here. Because exactly. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't have it either over here. So. Oh. Okay. 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 <laughs> I mean, it's not, not necessarily a nationally broadcasted game. Maybe on a on a network, but, um, you know, I didn't watch any of the game, and I, I was only following along as you guys are watching it. Uh, I was getting snaps from a boss, and then 
our group chat was getting stuff, and then uh, Twitter was kind of blown up over the fact that Hendricks was playing so well. I did know about the 5-6 pitch uh, inning, which was incredible. But, um, yeah, I think I don't think pitching is going to be the question for the Cubs. And I'm sure you guys would agree that if you guys can get consistent, you know, starts from your from your from at least your top four, then you guys should be – at least competing for a wild card spot, and if and and if and if the the proposal gets approved, I see no re, I see no problem with you guys getting in the playoffs at all. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, like especially now with this whole you know new playoff situation, if there really is more room for more teams to get in, I think that the Cubs could definitely be one. Um, and even even if it were the normal playoffs, I feel like. They might not necessarily be a lock, but they'd still have a very good chance. Because, I mean, the lineup is still pretty strong. Um, obviously, like you said, you've got some things with, you know, like Brian had kind of his issues last year. Rizzo, the past few weeks, he had his back issues. And even today, he got hit in the hand real bad. That kind of worried me. But, you know, if the bats can stay alive. And even t- tonight, one thing I really liked was that while, you know, Rizzo hit his good home run and you know the front of the lineup was the stars who we all kind of know what to expect the bottom of the lineup with you know Nico Horner he got a good single uh Hap got the first home run of the game so if kind of the the, you know the bottom of the lineup kind of the more not I don't want to it sounds too mean, but like the less, not lesser players, but you guys know what I mean, you know, not this, not necessarily the all-stars, the big names. If you've got, you know, people like Horner and Hab and, you know, Kipnis, uh, Carantini, if you've got guys like that who are being very reliable and being able to hit and drive in runs, then that'll definitely help. Really the thing for me, I think that I would worry about the most is just the bullpen, you know, knowing how the problems have been with that in recent years and especially, you know, Craig Kimbrell. That was such a big signing, and then he would go out there and just give up a huge home run that would blow the game. So still, we'll, we'll see. Maybe him being more clean-shaven this year will will help him out a bit. But, yeah, I, you know, assuming that we get through these 60 games and there is a postseason, I feel pretty good about the chances of at least getting in there and being someone who competes. Yeah, and I think that was always such a good thing about the Cubs in like 16, 17 for sure. The, the, just like the, the depth in their lineup. Mm-hmm. There was always somebody who was on a hot streak or, or somebody uh, lower down in the order who was just hitting really well. And I think we kind of missed that last year where it was like, you know, Brian took him a little bit of the season to get his power back after the absolutely injury-prone year he had in 2018. Um, and then Rizzo obviously had that, he had that injury at, at the All-Star yeah. break where That's he had right. hit 17 first-half home runs, 18 first-half home runs, and then he barely hit another 10 because of all those injuries. Uh, so I feel like last year, that, that slumpiness, hopefully that isn't a thing this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like, yeah, they didn't really do a good job of getting on base today. Yeah. In terms of, you know, the, the like the waves of scoring that you, we, we've seen from them in the past. Um, but like at the same time, you know, you're facing the best pitcher the Brewers have in their rotation. They've also, they've still got a pretty good bullpen. I mean, we saw a former all-star in Knable pitching. Claudio was a, was a closer at one point in his career. Didn't have to deal with Hader today, but like, you know, they've got a, a couple guys in that bullpen who are still really good. Definitely. Yeah. And I feel like one thing that also is helping in their, 
hopefully in their advantage is that they're almost playing with kind of a chip on their shoulder because I mean, a not only is this such a short season, so you know they want to be going all gears ahead all the time, but especially I feel like after the past few years, you know, with twenty twenty seventeen, you know, they made it to the NLCS, they were doing good, but then you know they lost. Oh well, and then twenty eighteen, where they lost, they had the central division they had it like right in their sights they lost it to the brewers then they got knocked out by the rockies in the wild card and then last year where they just kind of fell apart in those past few weeks i feel like this year they're just going to be much much more hungry than they were in the past and you know i with ross when he was first announced when madden got cut i was definitely not on board with that and then when ross was signed i was pretty hesitant and didn't know what to expect, kind of didn't have high expectations. But, you know, all the guys are speaking very highly of it. And if they're going to play like they play tonight, you know, hopefully the bats wake up a little more. Hopefully the pitching stays reliable. But if, you know, who knows, that might be a perfect formula that could keep them going far, far down the road, which would be very nice. I, I truly do see Ross down the stretch showing shades of Joe Madden. I mean, especially mm-hmm. because of that. 2016 run as an outsider looking in you know being an LA fan being someone in the west coast that doesn't really particularly focus so much on the the NL central I do agree with what you're saying about the Cubs playing with a chip on their shoulder because from the outside looking in all the focus is on the Cardinals on the Brewers and how they're supposed to blow out of the water and just run away with the division and now you see the Cubs beat the Brewers on opening night granted you know it is opening night you know I'm not going to say we have a long season ahead of us because we really don't but um it, 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 I'm sure it is a, a very gratifying thing to see as Cubs fans to, to see, you know, your, your guys kind of push those expectations to the side and say, you know what, we're going to play our brand of baseball. And I, I myself thought that getting rid of Joe Madden was kind of a dumb decision, really. And then I kind of, you know, also kind of saw a little bit of why David Ross, he's very unproven, he's never been a manager, literally just retired. What's the point? And maybe he just kind of brings that player element that they really like. And I'm not really mm-hmm. sure if the players themselves had issues with Joe Madden and his style of managing, but from what I saw, it was very uh, smooth and easygoing until the end. And, you know, if Ross can provide that assurance to the players that what they're doing is right and lets them play baseball the way they feel they can, then why aren't the Cubs as dangerous as the Brewers and the, and the cards? So um I'm very, very intrigued by how you phrase that, and, and I agree with you 100%, um, because it is going to be those bottom-of-the-lineup guys that are going to bring it home for you guys, because you can't rely on the big dogs all the time. And I, I said it last night with L.A., who expected who expected Kike Hernandez to be the hero of the night when you have a lineup with Mookie Betts and Justin Turner and Cody Bellinger and Corey Seager? Who expected him to be four or five of the home run? So, um it, that's going to be the difference for you guys, and, and it could be the difference for us as well. We'll see you guys in the LCS. <laughs> I hope. Ooh. It'd be a good rematch. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I hope we see you guys in the NLCS. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we get an NLCS. That, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> it, it'll be perfect if, like, Portland plays the Lakers in the playoffs and then the Cubs play the Dodgers in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, because we all know the Bulls can't play us in the finals. <laughs> yeah, that just – no I'm not even going to say it because give us like 10 or 15 years and we'll meet you there. Uh, yeah. We'll meet you in like the, we'll meet you in like November. Yeah. You'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll still expectations. Off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But Hey, that, that would be, that'd be perfect. An NLCS matchup Cubs Dodgers, but obviously we're getting ahead of ourselves. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, 
Very. But yeah, I mean, it's it, just nice to see baseball again. Yeah. I do. One thing I'm not understanding right now, this three batter minimum, I hate mm-hmm. it. Does yeah. that mean, like, because I saw over here that this guy Boxberger uh, on, on, the, on Miami, he only faced one batter. It was like the batter to end the inning, and he didn't have to come out for the next inning. Does it only like come into play when you're coming into the inning? Or what? I'm, I'm really just not understanding this. I think it is at the FD. If you finish the inning, you don't have to start the inning. But if, okay. if they bring you – how do I put this? If they bring uh, you in when it's not like three outs left, when it's not the beginning of the inning. Yeah, if you start and, the inning as a new pitcher, you have to do three batters before leaving. But if they bring you in relief, I think you could just finish the inning and then you can get taken out. Okay, okay. Mm. But you okay. can't do like the old style thing where it's like you come in with one out, you face the lefty, and then you leave. And then you're out. <laughs> no, you can't do that. Okay. Um, okay. It's funny because I, I forgot who it was. They were talking about it last night on ESPN. They said, I think it was Dave Roberts or, or the manager for the Giants, that they were like, being a manager is already so stressful and hard enough strategically. If you force me to add something else like this where I can't take somebody out of the game because of a minimum and we get shelled because of it, then, you know, it's going to make my life and my decisions way that much more. So um, I don't, I'm personally not a fan. I don't know about you guys. But it just doesn't really seem very practical. I get what they're trying to do, but at the same time, the execution is just not really there, and just doesn't really seem logical with the current state of the MLB. To be honest with you, maybe in an 180 something game season, you could probably roll with it for a little bit. But I am loving the designated hitter in the NL because having having Dustin May not have to bat is very nice. Yeah. Even if we threw it away with a Austin Barnes, the double A player. I- I'm not a big fan of it either. This three, the three batter mm-hmm. rule. I don't, I don't really like it. I think it really does kill the strategy, but I guess it does open up other strategy. Cause it's like when they, when the, when the Brewers brought in um, Claudio to face uh, it, what it was um, ba- uh, Rizzo Baez Schwarber. It was like, you know, that they're not going to pinch hit any of those guys in like the fifth or sixth inning. So, like, I guess that was kind of cool. But, like, yeah, I just think it's, like, Manfred trying to get across his, like, these, like, weird rules that he has in his mind, especially, like, that extra innings one, mm-hmm. the having a batter on second. I, I just don't see the – or having a runner on second, I should say. I just don't really see the need for these kinds of weird rules. Yeah, I agree. Like, when I was, I never really was on board with the DH in the National League. Um, but after you know the three batter min, the three, yeah, three batter minimum rule, and then this runner on second and extras, those two rules got me mad enough that I didn't even care about the DH anymore. And now seeing these games, you know, it's kind of like, oh, maybe having a DH isn't so bad. You know, Carantini got a double today. You know, it's pretty much it's not a guaranteed out but it's probably an out when the pitcher goes up so I could definitely get used to having a DH but yeah these new rules it's just so frustrating because it I don't even know it just feels so restricting and it's the uh, extra innings one especially because that pretty much just feels like you know them saying like all right you're gonna wrap this game up now you know if we put a runner on second you'll be able to score them quicker than if you just play like you should play. And that just, I don't really like it. I think one, one of the many reasons I like baseball is that there's no clock. There's no time limit. It just, it could go on forever, which could be awful, but it could be very exciting too. 
And I like that it's just much more of a natural kind of goes at its own pace sort of game. So I definitely don't like that rule. And the pitching one as well, you know, I kind of get it. I kind of, I always kind of thought it was frustrating when you'd see a Rui pitcher come in, get a batter or two, and then they get pulled right out. But, you know, like you said, uh, it could introduce more strategy to get around that, which could definitely be interesting to watch. So so it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see how all three of those new rules play out this year and, you know, the times where they come in handy and end up, you know, I'm sure if it gets, if it's a long game with the Cubs and it's way deep into extras and they get that runner out on second and they score right away, I might not be complaining then. But if it's the other way around, you know, I'll be like, oh, this stupid rule shouldn't even be here in the first place. So it'll be interesting to watch at least. I think I think people forget that, you know, this is also going to weigh heavy on how managers line up their batting lineups, you know, especially <laughs> if, if say, say with the case of the Dodgers, and I, I'm not going to even try with another team because I don't know everyone's lineup, so I'm just going to stay heavy with my team. But, you know, bringing in a left-handed pitcher to have to come in and deal with Bellinger, uh, Seager, and then say Peterson or whatever, all left-handed hitters and stuff, you know, now Dave Roberts might have to switch up his batting lineup. So you kind of get a little bit of, of, of diversity in, in the handedness of the bat. And, you know, maybe you don't want to put Justin Turner second, but you might have to, because that's just how you know that the other manager is going to put their pitcher, especially with the three batter minimum. So I think people forget that it's going to just add to more strategy and add to that. It's going to add another element to the cerebral part of baseball that is, you know, kind of setting everything up in advance so that you can give yourself the best percentage to get a hit or to get a, a runner on scoring position or drive a run home. You know, all little things that are so important, especially for teams like the Cubs or teams like the Dodgers or even with last season, the Nationals, where they had issues with the runners in scoring position. And, you know, they bring in that, that pitcher that might have a 5% to 10% uh, better percent chance to get a strikeout when they need it because of the way the batter is swinging the ball or whether he's left-handed or right-handed. So um, I think people forget about that kind of stuff, especially if you're a casual baseball fan where you might say off the top of your head, you know, this is stupid like myself where I didn't really think it was great, but after kind of listening to your take on it, it, it does kind of bring another element to it and kind of interested to see how managers are going to you know, navigate with this because in reality, I feel like it's just another obstacle that Manfred is making the managers have to deal with. And mm-hmm. they'll find a way around it, but um, uh, taking it for face value right away, having seen it, you know, granted just for one night, I wasn't really a fan. Yeah, yeah, same. It'll, it'll, it'll definitely be something I'm trying, gonna try and keep an eye on throughout the season. You know, just to see what effects it brings. And you know, right now, hopefully, it isn't something that lasts forever into the future seasons but who knows it'll it'll just be you know out of all the interesting things that are going on in the 60 game season that'll be one thing that I'm definitely curious to see what it impacts and you know what it ends up being like I'll I'm just going to simulate it with uh, MLB the show and see if it pisses me off or not after yeah yeah that's exactly it (laughs) see if see if I really want to keep Irias for another two batters uh, so yeah yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's it's just like a it's it's going to be odd starting yeah. to get used to those rules. But um, oh yeah, maybe maybe Manfred gets his his results of shorter games. 
<laughs> if that's really what he's trying to get at, I don't really see why the length is is really that bad. I get that like some games kind of drag, and maybe mm-hmm. I'm spoiled by the fact that Hendricks was literally zipping through innings oh, today yeah. in, in like less than five minutes. So maybe <laughs> I'm a little spoiled by that, but um, I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it ends up, and I'm, I'm hoping the season continues for um, at least a good amount of time. Manfred. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The whole lead up into the season was just so frustrating to watch. Yeah. And uh, especially because the whole time, like, you know, you know, they're not going to play, you know, anything close to a full season. You know, it's going to be something short, like 60 games. And yeah, it was just so frustrating as a fan. And it like never, it, you know, people are like, this is going to turn people away from baseball. I'm sure maybe it did for some people. It never was that bad for me. You know, I obviously, whenever they were going to play, I was still going to be there watching and excited. But it's just so frustrating to see it dragged out like that. And then just, you know, the bad faith arguments, the disputes over the money and with the players union, it was just the ugly to watch. I'm really interested to see what, the league is going to end up doing about the Blue Jays situation, whether whether yeah. they have home games at all, um, whether they go to Hartford or, or I forget the other city, but I think Hartford's the, the number one option right away. Um, but what a situation. The the league gave them approval. The the city of Toronto gave them the approval, even the province, but the, the country itself just wouldn't budge. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I totally understand their, their stance, especially uh, considering the – the hot spot and nightmare that is the United States of America right now. Um, so I'm really interested to see how the Blue Jays handle that, considering it's not like we're a week left from the season. It's not like we're a month away. We're literally opening night. They said, we're not playing in Toronto. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> and, and like that, that Buffalo stadium is supposedly not, not in shape to like not host the MLB team. Pittsburgh yeah. said no. So they can't play in Pittsburgh. So uh, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I have no idea how it's gonna go for 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 Toronto. They should play. They should play at Coney Island, uh, like the the backyard baseball. Remember the old video game that they should yeah. play. Yeah. <laughs> play right smack dab in the middle of Coney Island. <laughs> <laughs> no access to fans. No cameras. No, no, just just good old. Oh, they should play at Field of Dreams. They already have the damn stadium there. <laughs> That's true. Wow. That's yeah. No one did anyone even think of that. That seems like a very obvious day, just in like the general area. Because I feel like they've done the schedule this year just to make sure everybody's like staying in the east. Yeah. 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 Well, if everyone kind of got their cracks to go play at the Field of Dreams uh, stadium, and yeah, you know what I mean, that'd that'd be good. Be good TV, but I don't think the Blue Jays deserve it. (laughs) Maybe in a few years. We'll, we'll see what Vlad Jr. does, and then maybe they can <laughs> get guy, back to the top. That guy's got a wagon, hey, man. Dude, they've got, oh, yeah. They've got oh, all the guys. Too. They've got all the guys. Mm-hmm. Bichette, BGO, Guerrero. BGO hit a home run. BGO today. hit a home run today, yeah. I, I think I saw a stat that Craig BGO also had a, has a opening day home run in his back stat. So, so that's a fun little fun fact. But, yeah, I mean, They've literally got the, like, the MLB – or, or like the the 2K game that you played, like the 2K lineup that you had in like 2005, mm-hmm. 2004, 2003. They've got that same lineup except it's 2020, yeah. and it's just all those guys' children. <laughs> I'm a fan of that. I'm excited to watch those guys. 
They're going to be fun to watch for a while. Oh, yeah. Assuming Toronto doesn't do anything stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah, we'll see. Anyways, uh, we're looking forward to more days of baseball coming up. Nice opening day today. Still have one game going on. Well, at least one national TV game going on right now. The Angels and Oakland playing right now. So I'm going to see how that game goes. And yeah, I'm I might looking, have to forward to a, looking forward to a good season here. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what the Angels do. I know I can't say that. It's a Cardinals thing here. But, um, <laughs> I'm really, really excited what, what Mike Trout can do with actual support. I mean, we were supposed to see it last year with Otani and then – you know, they were kind of trying to add some pieces here and there. It's not like they have a bad team. They're just in a stacked division. You know, you have the Astros. You have to deal with uh, a, a rising uh, Oakland A's team that may not be as strong, but they, they like to play spoiler quite a bit. And then you also have the Mariners who aren't necessarily super strong, but like, like I said, they can play spoiler too. So, um, you know, when you can only allow certain teams to get in the playoffs because of that format, you know, you, they're kind of scratching at a wild card seat, but – I mean, look at how look at how tight the NL is to even get in the playoffs where they could get it. So now that they have that, they have the star power, and now they have the standings at their side. So do not sleep on the Angels, but feel free to pump the brakes a little bit on the White Sox because I don't, <laughs> I don't really think they're about the hype, regardless yeah. of what they do tonight. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for them. You know, I I do like a lot of players on that team. Like Tim Anderson is just so fun to watch. Oh, yeah. So. And even though, you know, I'm always going to be Cubs fan and kind of diss the Sox and look down on them, but it, it would be kind of exciting to have two, you know, two solid competing teams, um, you know, in the same city. That would be fun. So, and it feels like every year for the past, like, five years or so, it's been like, this is the rebuild's done, this is the Sox year, and then it's not. But who knows? Now it feels more in their grasp. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess our city and your city can relate to something. Two good baseball teams within miles yeah. of each other, and hopefully, you know, I, we got a couple of series here with the Angels. I'm kind of excited what that's going to be like because it's just a quick drive on the five. Yeah, um, yeah man, like yeah. August 19, 20, and twenty one, Cubs Sox. It's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't I can't wait because like I know White Sox fans are a little high on themselves after this exhibition game, but uh, Giolito gave up seven seven runs today in less than four innings pitch but on the other hand Moncada Anderson and Jimenez six 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 hits amongst the three of them and that game's still going on there's there's a lot of points being a lot of runs being put up sorry I'm I'm still in basketball mindset (laughs) a lot of runs being put up by both the Twins and the White Sox it's going to be a really fun division that that central division those two teams can score yeah, that Moncado home run was a bomb. So I, I'm excited to see, just to kind of follow along from the outside and see what happens. And speaking of home runs too, I am also interested in the Angels this year because of Trout, obviously, because he's just always good to watch and just to see what Joe Madden is up to. But Albert Pujols, I think he's at like in the 650s for his career home runs, you know, and obviously I don't think he's just hitting 700 this season. I hope he still has it in him to, you know, last another season or two after this year. Because even even when he was a Cardinal and, you know, Cardinals versus Cubs, he'd kill us and it would just be so awful to watch. But even then, I could always respect him as just such a good player. And if he hits 700, that would be super cool to see. 
No, yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and he's going to be a middle of the lineup guy because, you know, you have Trout, you have Rendon, you have mm-hmm. Otani. He's got good power. Good yeah, they've, got, they've, got, they've, got, they've got former Cub La Stella. Yeah. They've got, Tommy. They've got they, pieces. They really put together a great lineup. And yeah. some, some high average guys. I mean, when you got Trout, yep. you got Otani, who's shown that he can maybe at least cope in, in terms of batting average. La Stella, obviously, really really good batting average the last few years since he kind of took off here in, in LA. Upton's going to hit a lot of home runs. Oh, yeah. Still got Andrelton Simmons who might not pick it up as much on offense, but um, is just filthy good on defense. So it's a scary team. It's a scary mm-hmm. team. Uh, pitching staff sucks. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not even going to try to defend that pitching staff. It's trash. But um, I'm sure they'll figure it out. I'm sure they'll figure it out. Well, at least we know that they're not going to have any issues on offense. It's going to be defense. And, and like you said, maybe, you know, maybe you don't expect any complete games or any no-hitters or anything of that nature. But Except for Otani. If Simmons, if Simmons can, you know, play the infield right and play up to his standard, and if Mike Trout can just run around the field a couple of times and catch a few baseballs, I, they, you know, they might get away with a couple wins here. But mm-hmm. – um, I see no reason why they shouldn't make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make it very deep in the playoffs, regardless of who they have, just because I feel like the pitching is just so vital in the playoffs, regardless of what yeah. the seeding, who you're playing against. I mean, perfect example, last season, just how important the brilliance of Scherzer was and Strasburg. They literally carried the Nationals to a championship. Um, you know, with the exception of Howie Kendrick's grand slam against us, I can't really think of a, of a well-performing uh, uh, batting performance in that playoff run. Maybe Juan Soto hit a couple home runs, very, you know, dispersed amount, but um, I'm getting off track. But either way, come playoff time, I don't think they're going to be serious contenders, but I think that you shouldn't sleep on them either. Definitely. I agree. It'll be a fun one to watch. Absolutely. Rudy, why don't you close up here? Is that a good yeah. talk today? Uh, that'll conclude another episode of Boston Roots here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of DePaul Blue Demons. Once again, thank you so much to Marty for joining us this week as we talked a little bit about the Cubs, the question mark that is the Angels and the White Sox, and of course, my Los Angeles Dodgers. On behalf of the boss man of Boston Hodwalla, I'm your man, Rudy Hodgson. Join us next week. We're going to have another episode of Boston Roots here uh, on Radio DePaul Sports. I already said that. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you guys next time.